Welcome to the AF Mentors podcast. This is for coaches who care about impact and are ready to be pushed outside their comfort zone and into growth. You can find out more about AF Mentors at afmentors.com. Hello, everyone. Right, so I did a poll, didn't I? And most people said, they want this to go out as a podcast so that you can watch back easier, which I thought would be the case. So that is what I'm going to do from now on. I'm also going to add a little bit of extra structure to it because partly because of the things I have to say today and partly because I think it will sound better on the podcast. So I'm going to do like so maybe something that I've read during the week or basically I heard this yesterday and I wanted to share it because I thought it was quite good I don't know if the story is actually true or not but it doesn't matter and, and actually having a story behind something means that you remember it more I know that's true for me which is why I'm a little bit obsessed with analogies so this is about a lion tamer and how lion tamers normally have a chair and a whip And actually it's the chair that paralyzes the lion because there's four legs to the chair and it doesn't know where to focus. And when you don't know where to focus, you end up not taking action. And I guess the the take home from that is to not have four different focuses, not have numerous different focuses, pick something and prioritize it. And I think another thing that people get stuck on then is they're like, okay, I've got all these things to do. How do I know which one to do first? And in all honesty, it probably doesn't matter half as much as you think it does. Just start with one thing. It's better to do the quote unquote wrong thing first and actually take some action than to sit for half the time you have to do anything and try and make some kind of like confangled list or something. A lot of the, you know, there's the whole like do, delegate, delete. What's the other one? I can't remember. But I think you can waste a lot of time doing these things. And now and again, they might be useful to kind of get you going. But I actually think that it's underrated just to be like, I'm just going to start. It doesn't really matter if this is the absolute top of my priority. I'm just going to tick it off. And sometimes it's about getting the momentum going. So if you have a huge to-do list, sometimes it's better to do the things that are actually quite quick to get done. Okay, I've tick, tick, tick this off. Now I'll get into something that um, that is maybe a little bit bigger and more important. And I know that that's the opposite of what a lot of people suggest when people are like, eat the frog, do the biggest, hardest thing first. But it's something I've noticed with my workflow is that on whether it's the caffeine kicking in, I don't know, but normally I'll go to a coffee shop and I'll sit and I'll do some work. And for the first like 10 to 15 minutes, I'll just do sort of emails or like today I had to get some broadband for the flat. So like I did like, it's like mindless work that doesn't take a lot of effort to do or brain power. And then I get into the crux of what I actually need to do, like writing <laughs> writing the EIQ um, menopause lecture, which I couldn't have got straight into. I needed to like, needed to do a little warm up on the treadmill, you know, before I went in and maxed out on the bench press and whatever. So that's my little story for today. And then the other thing I want to talk about is and I'm sure everyone's going to be a little bit bored of hearing me talk about this, but the, like the, I don't know what, what's the right word? Basically just the importance of how you show up 
And I was so excited that I found a study that backs up my narrative here. But I go on and on and on about this. And I think everyone agrees on surface level. It's like when you talk to your clients about mindset and they're like, yeah, 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 I know mindset is important, but like, what are my calories or what workouts should I do? Or like, is this, is this supplement going to help me burn more fat? And actually it's the same with a lot of the things that I see coaches worry about. It's like, oh, do you think I should do a check-in like this or a check-in like this? Or do you think I should do more recipes for my clients? Or should I do like four options of workouts or three options of workouts? And like, I'm not saying those things don't matter at all, but I'm saying what's probably underrated is how you're showing up, not just what you're delivering. Like the magic of your coaching is you and is a part of that a huge part of that is the way in which you show up as opposed to what specific workouts you're giving people or how you're managing to set their calories or if they've got four meal plan examples or two meal plan examples like all that stuff's fluff actually the magic is you and I know for a fact if two coaches gave the exact same plan delivered on the exact same platform the same app with the same website with the same blah, 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 everything's the same, they will get significantly different results depending on how that information is delivered. And that's so underrated. And this study was looking at the placebo effect. So if anyone doesn't know what the placebo effect it is, it's a beneficial effect that you get irrespective of whether you're having an active treatment or not. So I think what a lot of people forget is that the placebo effect is normally like additional to if the drug is actually working, the drug effect. And this is why you have like placebo controlled trials. So the placebo will, there'll be a benefit to just thinking that you are taking something. And there are loads of things that impact how much benefit you get from this placebo or how much effects you get from this placebo. A lot of things like the cost of it, that's actually a reason to increase your prices as well. If someone's like, oh yeah, it's £10 a month coaching. Meh, don't think I'm going to get that much from it compared to, oh yeah, it's £300 a month coaching. Not only from an adherence standpoint, but simply from I've invested that much money in myself. And like, there's a physiological response to this as well. Like there's research that shows that Parkinson's disease medicine that is twice as expensive. No, it wasn't twice as expensive. That was more the more expensive medicine compared to the less expensive medicine had twice the benefit in terms of its response to reduce symptoms in Parkinson's disease it was the same medicine like the the active ingredients are the same the cost was different and anyway this really cool study was essentially kind of looking at bedside manner of doctors and how that would impact the way in which their patients responded to certain treatments so this treatment was they gave people a histamine shot which means that you'll have um, a response. So you'd have like a little uh, red dot that would be like itchy and it would go a bit red and swollen because you're having an immune response to that or a histamine response to that. And then they would give them a cream. Now this cream had nothing in it. It's probably like moisturizer or something. And for some people that would have, so they wanted to measure whether that would have a placebo effect. Now in one group, it was administered by a professional doctor who was told to, show that they were competent so they had like harvard medical school like they knew what they were doing they made good eye contact they're meant to be competent and warm those were the two like main things and then another group were given the same you know the same treatment but it was a medical student 
it was the same person acting as a medical student and they didn't make much eye contact they were meant to be like less warm and less competent so they would like fumble with the blood pressure cuff and things like that and it showed that the competent and warm doctor had a placebo response so basically they put this moisturizer on and the redness and swelling went down now when the trainee doctor did that or the one that wasn't warm and wasn't competent did that there was no response so it was still red and it was still itchy even though that it's the same treatment and there was nothing in it that would work anyway it's your body's placebo response that is having that that effect which is like freaking mind-blowing even on that level but when you apply that to coaching you're like okay it's probably not the calories and the macros and the meal plan exactly it's it's so much of this is how confident I am with my messaging, how much I make my clients feel heard. Like if we take the take homes from that and we want people to feel essentially looking at like, if we say it's two things that your clients should know and feel, if you want to give this response, to give this heightened response to the training and the exercise that you're giving them, you need to show competence. So do you know what you're doing? Does it sound like you know what you're doing? And then secondly, you need to show that you care and that you want what's best for that client. So that's the warmth aspect. If you can give off those two like attributes, essentially, I can guarantee your clients will get better results. And, you know, taking a step back, I don't want to like diminish my, my coaching or my experience, but one of the key reasons that people get such phenomenal results on my coaching programs, it has nothing really to do with like, it's, it's my fitness pal app. It's, you know, it's a, what's it called? My PC hub, the workout, like I would like to say the workouts are good. Right. But they're not, they're not like the best workouts in the world or like, is there even a best workout in the world? No, probably not. It's so individual. Right. It's, it's the same as saying like, there is the best flavor of crisp in the world. Like, who, who cares? Like everyone has their own preferences. And I guess that's a good point as well. Like if you're, if you're trying to be still the best coach for everyone, you're not, you will never be the best coach for everyone. Much like, you know, not everyone is going to like salt and vinegar crisps. And if you all just make salt and vinegar crisps and the person over here is making cheese and onion and is, is like attracting a different audience, they have a different niche they are going to get more clients because there is less competition if you are unique. And this is where so many people go wrong. And you really need to check yourself that you're not just copying other people. Like what makes you unique? And you don't need to be the best coach or the best flavor of crisps. You just need to have enough people that like that flavor. That's it. And the, the only reason they will like that flavor over the 50 million varieties of the same generic coach or the same generic like ready salted crisp flavor packaged up in a slightly different way is <clears throat> what was I saying about <laughs> why yeah basically why would they go to that when they could have this thing that's different that they actually want be unique be a different flavor of crisp um but I hope that that gives you I don't know like some inspiration to really think about how you're showing up and not just worry about a lot of the stuff that actually doesn't matter that much and think more about the things that do. And, and I think what's hard about how you show up is that it's not that tangible. It's not that measurable. It's not like you can be like, yeah, well, I did 10 recipes or yeah, but I did this many workouts or it's this app or it's this. It's like, yeah, they're physical, tangible things. You can't like quantify what showing up in a warm and competent way is 
but it's the most important thing. Like it's so, so, so important. So make sure that you are doing that and that you are like prepping yourself before you go and do things. Okay, if I'm doing a live, don't just show up and be like, well, I hope that I show up at my best. Like sit down before and be like, how do I want to show up? In what ways can I show up showing that I care about my clients or I care about my potential clients and getting the results? And also that I fucking know what I'm doing and I'm a good coach. Like, how can I put those two things together and make sure that I'm coming across and that's coming across to clients as well? Because you're even just like, even the free advice that you give will have so much more weight and so much more impact if you can package that up and give that to people. So take home from this little spiel is you are the magic in your coaching, not the app that you use, not the specific calories you're giving, not the specific workouts that you're giving, like you and the way that you deliver that, you are the magic there. And the other stuff does matter. I'm not saying it doesn't matter. And actually a placebo is a really good analogy for this because part of the effect of drugs will also be a placebo. So you've got like, say for example, the effect of the drug. And then on top of that, you've got the placebo effect. So you have like, you have, it's an additional thing. So it's like, you've got your, your specific programming, calories and macros and the app that you use and how you do your coaching and how you do your check-ins. And then you've got how you deliver that. Like it's additional. You need to have both to, to have an incredible coaching service. Um, okay, right now move on to questions. Clara, I didn't book any coaching calls after promoting my offer for the first time. My instinctive response was to feel a little bit stressed but I also reminded myself that clients will come in time and to enjoy the process of building my business um, as I'm working for myself full-time for the first time how do you deal with the stress of not signing clients a freaking great question um, I, I think the best tool for stress and anxiety is action so some kind of action and you will feel so much less stressed if you know that you're taking action, okay, so what's the next thing? And, and even if you can do a bit of a review of that, okay, like I promoted this service. If I'm being really critical, like why do I think people didn't sign up? Is there friction somewhere in this? So is it like, I was like, can you message me and then I'll send you this link and then it has to be at this certain time. Like where is the friction for people not signing up? Do people even want to get on calls? And then you have to be quite honest with yourself and like, guys, I want the best for you. So sometimes I will be brutal, but if you're a new coach, you've not put out much content and then you expect people to sign up, like, why are they signing up with you? Like, what have you done to earn the right of their time, essentially? If you're trying to get someone on a call, why should they want to get on a call with you? I know it's a free call, but it's not free. It's their time and it's their effort and it's their attention. Like, you have to earn someone's attention. So you could be, could be potentially that you haven't given enough yet in order to ask for something back. So you've got to think about why someone would want to sign up to a call with you. That's important. And if you do this the wrong way, you don't get buy-in. And I don't know if I've, I've probably told this story before, but I, I previously worked with someone very briefly who also paid a Facebook ads manager thousands of pounds to get, I think she ended up getting like 700 people in this free group. And she did a free seven day trial with them and she got absolutely no signups at the end, none, not one, because she hadn't like bought in to like, you know, she'd do all this content in the group, but no one's really paid attention. No one's really listening. No one knows who you are. You haven't built any rapport with them. You haven't built a relationship with them. 
the reason that I could run a free trial is because I spent years and years giving out free information so people want to learn from me. If it was just an ad in my Facebook tab and I was like, hi, want to join this free group about coaching? People might be like, yeah, sure. But as soon as I was like, okay, now I want your attention. Now I want you to fill out this form. Now I want you to watch this video. They'd be like, no, I'm not doing that. I'm not giving you like my free time. I'm not invested enough to do this. So you have to like give a bit and give people a reason for why they would watch like X amount of time with you if you're doing a webinar or something or why they want to jump on a call with you. Um, and then, yeah, put yourself in the client position and be like, where are the, where's the friction points here? Is it the fact that you only have three slots on a Wednesday for a call or something and it doesn't fit in with other people's days? Or are you putting all your time slots in working hours? Or do people just not want to be on a phone call and actually maybe having a discussion over an email would be an easier option for people, like give people those options and figure out what those sticking points are. And the only way you can do that is by testing things and then getting results on, and then given those results, trying different things again. Um, okay, Magdalena. Oh, but also I wanted to say, love your attitude and you're right. Like the first time you put something out, it's very unlikely you're going to get like loads and loads of clients being like, yes, me, please take me. Unless, and I think Alexandra is a really good example of this, documented her progress for years and years, maybe not years, but like potentially a year, like gave out a load of free stuff, loads of people following her for her fitness journey. And then just like, now I'm a coach, now I'm taking on people. Okay, that works, right? Because you've already got a following. You've already like, people are already interested in what you're doing. You've probably helped a load of them for free. And now you're selling something. Oh, hey, Alexandra's here. But that's why that works. It's not, it's because you have done all the build up beforehand. But yeah, I love your attitude of it will come in time and to enjoy the process. And you have to think like that. You have to think like, how can I enjoy this? And how can I see this as like, almost like a bit of a game? Like, what do I need to do to put the, the like puzzle, get the puzzle in place? I don't know, put the pieces together of the puzzle to get the end result. Like it, it is figure it like tinkering with things and figuring things out and you have to see it as a bit of a challenge into okay how how do I do that um okay Magdalena hello everyone week one for me and I want to start having conversations with people in dms and I, and I get stuck here very often to start and don't to start and don't continue my main obstacles are time people not responding back and my mindset how could I start approaching it this week to help me make sure I do have conversations with every with people every day I set a goal of three a day okay the first thing I would say about dm conversations is try and get them to invite you in somehow so like a good example of that might be I've been using this quite often and it's it's I wanted to do it long enough to see if it was working and I think I think I can confidently say it is working but giving out like free lead gen type things from a post. So you might say something like, I don't know what's something I did recently, like um, a morning routine or something. Like this is the importance of a morning routine, blah, blah, blah. This maybe, maybe you don't give away exactly what you do, but you might say like, this is how it's impacted me. This is how it works for my clients. This is why it's important because when you start your day with a positive, then all of these other behaviors just kind of follow on from that. And actually it's quite an easy and short thing to do. And it will only take you five minutes. Do you want to see what I do for my morning routine? Then just have something like comment routine or like comment morning below. And I will message you. I will message you. 
that's the important part and then you can get into conversations with them now I just copy and paste the script that I write so I might say like hey hope you're having a nice day you said you're interested in the morning routine here it is if you have any questions let me know or I don't know if you're interested in the EC method here's the link to that or whatever it might be what would be even better if you've got lower numbers say you get three people that comment great actually go you know do individual messages go and look at their name hi Emma so nice to hear that you are interested in the morning routine um how's your training going by the way I hope you enjoy this or like even just like have you ever tried one before or blah blah, blah. like get into some kind of conversation with them but the the key here is like get them to invite you in other you otherwise you just seem like some scammy like cold DMer. Um, also, I have a Facebook group that's been dormant for months. Should I be focusing on reviving it or should my focus be on starting conversations and DMs again and actually posting every day? Good question. And this is kind of uh, the answer. It depends on where you think you're going to get the most clients from or the biggest bang for your buck. The benefit, I guess, of the Facebook group is I'm imagining that at some point they joined because they were interested in your coaching or in whether that was free or paid coaching, like there was some interest. So you've kind of got what were at least hot leads. Maybe they're like slightly colder now, but they were at some point interested. Whereas on Instagram, you have probably people that follow you who aren't interested at all in actually coaching with you. So that, that would be one thing. But then I would also question, and you, this is part of like knowing your niche, knowing your demographic, knowing where most of your clients come from. And part of this can be chicken or egg, but not many of my clients interact on Facebook. A lot of my clients don't have or want to use Facebook. Sometimes I force them to, but you know, where are your clients and where, where are they most happy to be contacted? That's where you need to go. This is why I've added WhatsApp to my website because I'm like, I want to use WhatsApp when I'm contacting a business. My clients I know would rather use WhatsApp than go into an Instagram DM or go into a Facebook DM or via email which is like to me even less personal like I'm less likely to answer those things so you've got to figure out you know what works best for your clients and then also like where you like to message people but if you're like yeah I always message people on Instagram but that's just because you always message people on Instagram and you've never tried Facebook and you've never tried WhatsApp then potentially that's like the whole chicken or egg thing like is is the result of that just because you're only getting people from Instagram because you only post on Instagram. So obviously how would they possibly come from somewhere else? Um, but I don't, I don't know how great Facebook groups are now. I've not run a very successful free group for a, a while. I don't know if anyone else has, or is still using like Facebook free groups. I think they used to be incredible. Less so now I would say. Um, but it's worth trying and if it's if it's there then sure um, and then one more what do you think about charging monthly versus four weekly if I were to do monthly how would I approach holidays and clients having to reschedule I've been thinking about using Stripe for recurring payments any tips on this absolutely use Stripe for recurring payments I don't really have any tips it's so self-explanatory <laughs> I'm not being like a knob about that like just just go on it will show you how to do that for yourself I think I do monthly recurring no I think yeah I think I just do the same date so if you like sign up on the first your payments will always come out on the first that is the easiest for your clients and I think that's probably the most important aspect here 
um, rather than do it four weekly, which obviously because not every month is exactly four weeks, it's always going to change a little bit, which for them is probably quite annoying. Like, again, put yourself in the client position. What other direct debits do you have? And do they always come out on the same day of the month? And is that easier for you? Yeah, probably. I mean, for me, because I don't pay myself, like, doesn't really make any difference. But if for someone who is getting paid on the first of every month or whatever, the last Friday of the month, then having all of their bills come out on a certain day and knowing when that certain day is, is probably really important to them. So again, you're looking at friction points for your clients. What's easiest for them is going to be probably what the right answer is here. Um, I don't know when you're saying about holidays and things. I don't know if you're still doing face to face. Um, because if so, then, yeah, I guess that might be uh, a bit of an issue if they're like, yeah, normally I have two face to face workouts a week, but I go on holiday for blah for two weeks. And I'm missing those four sessions or something. Then obviously you'll have to figure that out. And yeah. But if it's online, then nothing would really change if they go on holiday. Um. Alexandra, I've actually had that a lot that people have said they have signed up with me because I'm an example of what, because I'm an example that what I do works because they saw me lose weight and actually keep it off for years. Yeah. Oh, okay. Question. In my group coaching last night after my weekly live, the video deleted. <gasps> Most people watch on catch up, which is frustrating. Should I redo the live again this week or just answer their questions on the Q&A post? That's really annoying. There's no way of getting about, and you just go straight live onto. I guess that's another benefit. So I'm live on Facebook now via Zoom, and it's also recording, so I'll have a backup. But I've never had that happen. So just double check that it's not somewhere still there. Um, it's totally up to you if you want to redo the live or not. I probably would. So you probably should as well. <laughs> um, what other community builders would you use outside of Facebook and WhatsApp? Uh, some people use the app, like whatever app that they're using. I would try and keep it in as little places as possible. So, you know, don't have like, oh, we chat on Facebook, but also on the app. And there's this WhatsApp group as well. Like just stick to one form and keep everything there it's going to be way more manageable for you but also for your clients so they're not confused about someone talking about a conversation that happened on whatsapp on facebook and then whatever whatever's going on so yeah i would try and minimize doing too many of those things um alexandra my four weekly is a pain in the ass but it's also a pain in the ass to change now just you're gonna i know i know it's a pain in the ass to change and this happens with many stages of business, like I have to change a lot of stuff at the moment and it is an absolute pain in the ass. And Amelia is going through very similar and it's like, it's a lot of work, but like once it's done, it's done. And sometimes you have to bite the bill and just be like, yeah, this is not going to be fun, but I'm going to do it. Um, and then going forward, it'll be much better. Annie, please can you look over my gram and tell me what you think? I have to add, haven't yet figured out how to use a bit more tough love voice. Oh. Annie, I'm going to look after this and then give you some feedback. Um, okay. 
Laura, I still do face to face. And if they pay monthly that they end up paying for 48 weeks. But can't get 52 weeks of coaching. So that gives you a four week buffer where they pay the same amount, whether you where the use as they are. Not sure if that makes sense. OK, yeah, yeah, no, that does make sense. Sorry, I thought this was the same person. Then I was like, how does that? Oh, that's me. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think I'm, I actually think Amelia does that as well. She's like, I will always be away for two weeks a year. So this is how it works. And I will always take two, two weeks holiday at some point during the year. And then, yeah, that is a nice buffer. buffer. Um, I do monthly from when people start training with me for one-to-one -one and online. I do the pricing pro rata based on what we both, we both get four weeks off a year. I've never really thought about this, weirdly. I just do whenever someone signs up to when they, yeah, yeah. Um, okay. I'm prepping to offer a 12 week one-to-one -one online program. And I'm curious how slash what to offer after the 12 weeks. What does an online membership involve? So this is the wrong way to think about, I completely get this. A lot of people come at it from this standpoint. This is the wrong way. Think about what do my clients want? What do my clients need? What are their goals? And how can I best get them there? Then base your program on that, as opposed to, oh, what do other people do after the 12 weeks? Like you might get some ideas from that, but really you need to think about like, what do I want to deliver to my clients? And then work backwards from that, as opposed to thinking, other people do this. It comes back to my little crisp analogy. If you're like, oh, Emma makes salt and vinegar crisps, maybe I should do the same, right? But you're not the same, like you don't have the same niche. You don't have the same skill set. You don't have the same experience. You don't have the same client base. So yours should be different, like, and it will be different. And potentially you're, you're working one-to-one. -one. Like I, I don't do a lot of one-to-one. -one. So what works for one person shouldn't be the same as someone else. Like you want to create your own, monster munch because some people like monster munch and that's why they would go to you as opposed to like this person's salt and vinegar crisps you don't need to be the same or like the quote-unquote best crisp because there isn't one there's people's personal preference depending on what they need what they want who they are what their like what their demographic is and like what you're offering so try not to think of it like that and th this is where it's really good to kind of write out the full like this is what my typical client looks like. This is what their typical key problems are. This is the feedback I often get. This is where people often fall off. Like, okay, now I know these key areas. How can I create a program that I think is going to nail all of these things? That, and then you work backwards from there. But in like to answer more, more uh, directly, there's no like depending on what you're offering in this 12 weeks why would that change after like if they're getting results on the service that they're getting through those 12 weeks but they want to continue great then they continue over the past those 12 weeks but it wouldn't necessarily need to change anything um okay this may be covered in the course but how do i structure a scheduled marketing plan to make an offer i know we give content and then sell but what's an effective timeline to do this how long is a piece of string like it's yeah it's hard to answer this I think what usually works well is about a two-week selling period where like signups are open for x 
but it also depends on if you're doing a launch or if you're doing like an evergreen thing of like with one-to-one you can sign up whenever you want or with one-to-one you can sign up for the first week of every month it it kind of depends on the package that you're selling and how you're selling that so for example with this 12 week one-to-one thing are you just going to take on a load of people and then shut the doors and then for 12 weeks you're coaching those people or are you going to have intakes every month or is it going to be open all of the time and that will dictate partly your marketing as well so again comes back to like going back and figuring out exactly what you want to deliver to your clients and then everything kind of flows from that because that will also dictate whether you're going to do launches or whether you're going to have like an evergreen thing where they can sign up at any point and I would suggest that there are like there are huge benefits to launches from like the kind of obvious thing of scarcity like if if you don't give someone a deadline then they're normally like yeah I'll sign up next week oh but then this happened and then like the kitchen needs to be done and then the kids are going back to school and now we're going on holiday well there's always like some reason that they're going to roll on to sign up the next week the next week next week and then it never happens if you give them a deadline of you have to sign up by this date or like you have to wait another 12 weeks people are much more likely to commit to that then. But there's also the huge benefit that you get from a coaching perspective. And that's essentially like your time, your headspace, and your focus on actually coaching, which by the way, is the best marketing. The absolute best marketing is incredible results from your clients. That's, that's like the crux of it. And then you build via reputation. It's such a nicer way to do it because most of us here, at least, our coaches we're not marketers like our dream isn't to be incredible marketers it's to be incredible coaches and to help people so actually once you get the ball rolling with that like yes you have to do some marketing to get clients but once you start getting clients and you start getting them incredible results like that is your marketing and the benefit of having a launch is that you do the marketing you do the run-up you do the sales stuff which maybe you don't enjoy that much and then you get everyone in, you shut the door and you're like, yes, I'm done with that for, for at least whatever. If it's 12 weeks, maybe it's like you've got eight to nine weeks before you even have to think about that again. And you're just really, really focused on making sure you're delivering incredible coaching to your clients and getting them incredible results. And then the marketing's easy because they'll be saying stuff like, oh my God, the results I'm getting with Lena are amazing, blah, blah, blah. And you're sharing that. And like, there's the free marketing for you. Or they tell their mates about it or their mates see their incredible results. And like, what are you doing? Oh, well, I'm doing this. Like, that's how the snowball effect starts to happen. Um, and... Lena, if you can turn up to masterminds on Thursday, then we can run through this. And hopefully before Thursday, you can kind of set out, okay, this is who my niche is. This is what I want to offer. This is how I want to create it. Now let's come up with a bit of a schedule remarketing and re what that's going to look like and what would happen after the 12 weeks. <clears throat> okay, Grace. Question. It. Uh, oh, I think I already answered this. Um, also would like help on how to approach potential clients on my socials with the people that interact with my content. Um, I don't know, I'm in this boat too. How to, again, I think it comes back to, or my best advice would be get people to invite you in, like offer them something and then, oh yeah, if you wanna see mine, just like just comment below and I'll send you it like 
maybe you talk about how I don't know how great strength training is or something and then be like if you want to see what what like a basic strength training program would look like just comment strength below and I'll message you that They're, they've then invited like your your um being invited into the, their dms or you can even do something that's like a little bit sneaky like if you're struggling with that I might do something like like this post and then it might be like a photo of you doing some strength training or something which some people will just scroll past and like anyway and might not actually want a conversation but then you're going to try and get into a conversation with them the only downside to that is you might waste a lot of time trying to get into conversations with people who don't want to get into conversations with you and this is where like I'm not a big fan of cold dms I get that people are like oh yeah the more conversations you have the more not really like the more conversations you have for people who actually want to have a conversation with you sure that's going to increase your business that's going to help your coaching but the more conversations you have with people who have no interest in your business does not help your business in the slightest so you do what like you want to be some way invited in but your job is to think about where the friction is where the barriers are and break those down so if it's just tap yes on this poll and I'll send you x or I'll message you about why that's really easy for people to do or comment below with blah that again is really easy for people to do and that helps you get into conversations with people cold dming to people who potentially don't even want your service is a huge waste of time in my opinion okay last one I have a client who's due to start Monday and it takes me a week to onboard someone She's not getting back to any of my emails, to any emails to get her set up. And she has like, she does, sorry, she does get back, but like three days later saying, sorry, she hasn't had time, et cetera, and will do it, but then doesn't. I understand it's not everyone's priority within a second of receiving the email, but equally struggle to see how she will commit to coaching if she can't even commit to the onboarding initially. What would you recommend in this case? Keep chasing her or leave it? When we had a conversation on the phone, she seemed really keen and ready to take to take the, ch- the change. But I also want to help her. But also resent the fact that I don't have time to keep chasing her up, etc. OK, a couple of things here. Set boundaries like you shouldn't be chasing clients. You're not an admin, you're a coach. There needs to be some emphasis from them coming to you and you need to set that boundary. So like my first once I get people's information, I set them their targets this is for one-to-one, like something in the, the first pack that they get will say, these are my expectations of you. And it says, I think almost word for word, like I am not an admin. I will not chase you. I expect your, your check-ins to be on in on time. If they're not, like I, I will not chase you. Like this is your part of the bargain. This is your responsibility to do. Um, and then I would also say, if you're onboarding, like how often is this happening? Is this like a one-off client and you've never experienced this before, or is this actually some good feedback for yourself that your onboarding is far too complicated? It shouldn't really take you a week to onboard someone. I don't know fully what you mean by onboarding, but if they've got a shit ton to do, a lot of people don't want that. Like, is is this actually a, a good way to coach someone by giving them so much work that it's overwhelming and then they don't actually action it? That could be you thinking about, okay, Maybe I need to simplify this. Maybe I don't need to know X, Y, and Z. Maybe I don't need to have them do this, this, and this before they've even started. Maybe I could elongate that. Or maybe some of this is fluff that doesn't need to be there. I can make the process easier for them. Remember, you're trying to make this easy for someone. 
so and and you've kind of mentioned it in here like I get it's not everyone's top priority a lot of people who come for fat loss like it's not my top priority I don't love exercise I don't love nutrition I didn't really want to know the ins and outs of calories and macros and blah 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 I just want to lose body fat like I just want the result so what they're coming to you for is to simplify the process for them and if you're not simplifying it for them that's a problem like that's a problem with your service that you need to change and I think because you're an incredible coach you want to offer more and more and more and more not realizing that you trying to offer more often detracts from your service like there's so much more I could give clients but it's not beneficial to them and like what what's the whole saying but like what makes the boat go faster like what are the key things they need to focus on and not overwhelm people and there's a real fine line between like over delivering on value and overwhelming people and you want to make sure that you're not swaying towards the overwhelm sign side even um would you do a check-in if it keeps coming in late past your deadline oh um yeah I always I feel like you know you're sometimes like I don't know if I want to say this on a podcast especially if this is going out to the masses but I always always reply to check-ins every single check-in I get but I will and I think this probably works better but I will kind of I'll always mention if they're late I'll be like I am replying to this but it's late and also my reply will probably be late because I haven't like I set aside time for check-ins and if they're not in on time then um their reply will also be late so there's that element but I also think like bringing up that it's like a mutual respect thing also hits home for people I normally don't really care if someone's like I'm really sorry that this is late if they don't even mention it I'm a bit like hmm. um but yeah I'm not I'm not particularly strict on late check-ins maybe you should be more strict however I only have like 15 one-to-ones so it's not it's not as big a stress for me anymore um Lucy okay great thanks that's giving me something to think about for sure with the onboarding Lucy it doesn't happen often only occasionally just frustrating when it does yeah it, it is frustrating but it could be something like a bit of a lesson it's not necessarily a bad thing it could just mean that yeah maybe you need to streamline that process a little bit more also for yourself like a whole week to onboard someone is a long time okay guys I'm gonna shoot I hope that everyone can make the mastermind on Thursday 2 p.m I will post in the group Lena I really hope you can make as well make you can make you can make it as well uh so that we can go over the, the marketing strategy and have lovely days I hope you have enjoyed this episode of the AF Mentors podcast. If you have, you could share it and you could tag me at AF Mentors. Or if you're like, yeah, this is great. I want to sign up to mentoring. Head to afmentors.com. Have a lovely day.